0: In Alhamdulillah, Ahmedu, on a stain, who on a stagferu, when I owe the villa, he may shruly and Amalina, may yet the hilah who feller mundulilla, or may no little ilaha illallah, who wached her la sharikella, or anna muhammadan Abduhu or a Suratullahi wa salamuhu alayhi Amma ba'd Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu Taqum laha haqqa tukatih Wa la tamutunna illa Wa antum muslimun Ya ayyuhal nas Attaqu rabbakumul ladhi Khalqakum min nafsin wahida Wa khalqa minha Zawjaha Wa batha minhuma rijalan kathiron Wa nisaa وأحسن هدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وَشَرَّ الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدع وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة. all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. حدثني جماعه من الشيوخ باسناد كل الى سفيان بن عيينة عن عمرو بن دينار عن ابي قابوس مولى عبد الله بن عمرو عن عبد الله بن عمرو بن عاص رضي الله تعالى عنهما ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال Ar-Rahimuna rahman Irhamu man ard Yarhamkum In the Sheminist Hadith, the Prophet he said that Those who show mercy, they will be shown mercy by the most merciful Be merciful to those who are in the earth And the one who is above the throne will show you mercy وَقَالَ الْعُلَمَاءَ ذَٰلِكَ بِأَنَّ الْعِلْمُ رحمة. The ulema, they mention, they say, this is because knowledge is mercy. رَحْمَةً فِي الدنيا, The result of knowledge is mercy here in this world. Meaning, knowledge that is applied. Knowledge that when he lives in accordance to, he acts upon it. And the end result of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter. Again, The ultimate goal of knowledge is mercy in the hereafter. Again, that is for those who implement it, those who live in accordance to it. Alhamdulillah, we continue going over the tremendous book by the Imam, Imam al Nawi, the 40 hadith, his famous 40 hadith. We have reached the section of the 23rd hadith and that is and abi malik al harith bin asim al ash'ari radiyallahu ta'ala Paul rasulullah he said that the messenger of allah sallallahu sallam, he said at Shatru iman that purity is half of Iman. And as a quick review, the ulama, what were some of the interpretations that they had given for the meaning of tahur, and what were some of the interpretations that they have given for the meaning of an Iman? Does anyone remember? Mm-hmm. Purity. Purity. Now uh, What else? I said it meant what? To abandon polytheism. To abandon polytheism. To abandon shirk. Also what? Al wudu. Also, it means al wudu. So some of the ulema, they said that al tuhur, what is intended by it is the abandonment of shirk, of dhunub, wal ma'asi. And the like. Others from the ulema, they said what is meant by a tuhur here in this context, and it is al And this is because there are other narrations that come, and instead of tuhur being mentioned, al wudu' is mentioned. With regards of Iman, some of the ulema, they said that Iman, it means what here in this context? It goes with wudu. It goes with wudu. wudu? No. What goes with wudu? Wudu is a, a condition of what? Salah. Salah. So some of the ulama they said that iman here, it means salah. Naam, salah. So the understanding of the meaning will be that wudu is half of the salah. Na'am. And some of the ulema, what do they mention as relates to the meaning of the word shakr? Some said, and I gave the answer away already, that shakr means half of. Others from the ulema, they say Does it doesn't mean half, but it means what? Part of. Part of. A portion of. Naam. <laughs> we know with certainty that wudu is a pillar for the prayer. So a person doesn't have wudu. Then they don't have any prayer. Now, so the Prophet, A.S., he said that at Tuhur Shatru al-Iman, the Tuhur, it is half of Iman, or a portion of Iman. Well, Alhamdulillah, Tamlau al-Mizan, and that Alhamdulillah, it fills the scales. Wa Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Tamlani or Tamlau and that and that subhanallah and alhamdulillah they fill up that which is between the heavens and the earth or it fills up that is between the heavens and the earth was nur and the salah is light the salah is light illumination nam was sadaqa burhan and giving charity is a proof. The salat being light, meaning that is a light in the heart, it is is a, yani a a light upon one's face. So on and so forth. It's a light. Sadaqah being a proof. What does that mean? How is Sadaqa? A proof? A proof of what? Iman. The proof of your iman. The ulama they say that if you want to Measure the strength of your Iman, then measure the strength of your charity. The more charitable a person is for Allah, this is an indication that their Iman is strong. If you find, that an indiv- you find that you as an individual, you're not you're only charitable, you don't give a lot of charity, then this is an indication of what a weak Iman. So a good measuring stick for your Iman is your charity. How are you in giving charity? How are you in spending feasibility? And of course, it is not just restricted to spending great sums of money, but an individual spending whatever they spend in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enters into charity. So if they spent a dollar, enters into charity, a quarter, enters into charity, a nickel, a dime, a penny, enters into charity. Now a person giving water, Enters into giving charity, giving sadaqah, feeding others, enters into this. So on and so forth from the many things that enter into shadaqah. As inshallah Ta'ala will come to in, in, in later lessons. The, the strength of an individual's charity is the strength of their iman. So this is a good litmus test for us. This is a good litmus test for us. And when you reflect... I just leave it as food for thought But when you reflect upon this And reflect upon the correlation between charity And between Iman Right If you want to know What is the state of the Muslims Right Now I mean, I mean, we're talking about the Muslims in our Our country We're not talking worldwide But it could be applied worldwide But in our country In the lands of the, of the west Where Um it is the responsibility of the Muslims to spend upon the Masajid, so on and so forth, right? So I want you to think and I want you to reflect upon the wealth that is amassed by the Muslims. Are Muslims typically and generally poor in the, in the West? No. No, not, not, not typically. You have some poor Muslims. Is no, I mean, I mean, monetarily, you have some poor Muslims, right? But as a community, as a whole, generally, typically, the average, you would say, Muslims are pretty well-to-do. Right? Muslims are pretty well-to-do. Okay? All right, so now, the state of the misadget. How is the state of the misadget that they always have to ask, tantamount, beg, basically, just to keep the lights on, just to expand this or to build this or to purchase that? This gives you an indication of where our problem is. The problem is not wealth. It's not that we don't have resources. That's not our problem our problem is a problem of iman is a problem of iman that is our problem and that comes from not understanding correctly that comes from not believing correctly that comes from not being upon a tasyeer wa tarbiyah not being upon purification education or purification and education now purifying one's creed from shirk from polytheism from bid'ah from innovation right so on and so forth education being educated on our creed being educated on our aqidah being educated on our minhaj na'am? being educated on our manners on our our values living and acting in accordance to it so this weakness in iman it stems due to and because of extreme ignorance extreme neglect Now, this is where it comes from and then how 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 is it except that it has to come from this because the person who is deprived of something doesn't have the ability to give it if, if 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 we don't understand properly, right, then of course our actions are going to be all over the place They're going to be horrible if, if 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 our iman is not proper then of course Then you're going to see the effect inside of our salah you're going to see the effect in our giving charity You're going to see the effect upon our actions you see, the Sahaba, they were able to accomplish a lot, they strove hard, why? Because their Iman was strong, they sacrificed, they sacrificed for the sake of Allah SWT Because their Iman in the akhirah it was with certainty, they knew, whatever I give today bin ta'ala, If Allah accepts it, then I will receive a benefit from it tomorrow And because I don't know if it's going to be accepted, then I got to keep doing I got to keep doing, I got to keep doing, I got to keep trying because I don't know if I if 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 I got it right that time. I don't know if I did it in a way that was acceptable. So they were always challenging themselves to do more because they always looked at themselves from a standpoint of being impoverished into Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, individuals who are flawed, individuals who come up short, they have mistakes, individuals who have not praised Allah in the way in which Allah Ta'ala deserves to be praised. That's how they looked upon themselves. And with that Iman, with that humbleness, with that humility, and so on and so forth, what is the reality of their situation? Is that they are the best of this nation. They are the best of this Ummah. They are the best of the Muslims, period. They are the best generation of Muslims, period. They are the best generations of Muslims ever to walk the earth. The only Muslims, the only Muslims that are better than the Sahaba as a whole, are the prophets and the messengers? Do you understand that? Do you understand that level? The only Muslims to have ever walked the earth who as a collective group are better, and even as individuals, Yani, are better than, than the Sahaba or who? Are the prophets and the messengers? They are the best of the Muslims, period. Because their iman was, Yani was strong. It was it was it was, it was uh it was it was correct, they believe correctly. so Sada is Burhan. Sada is Burhan. So if we want to challenge ourselves, let's challenge ourselves to become better. And we as we use as a measuring stick is how much do we spend in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is how does our sacrifice look, yeah, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Well Sabrul and Patience is and illumination It's light. Or not light, but illumination. Like reflective light. Right? Illumination. And this is the reality of patience. And then, it brings us to the next statement where we had left off or prior to. And that is the statement of the Prophet He said, Quran حُجَّةٌ laka aw alay. And the Quran is a proof for you or against you, and the proof. Uh, excuse me. And the Quran is a proof for you or against you, right? And this L here is it, not an L of doubt, right? It's not an L of doubt, because sometimes L can come and it means doubt. Is either this? I'm not sure. Maybe that. No, no, here, no, not this one. No, no, not this one This is just showing you what the two possibilities The Qur'an is either going to be a proof for you Or it's going to be a proof against you These are your two options All right? these are your two options uh, The Fadil al-Shaykh, Shaykh Abdul Muhsin Al-Abad He mentions, he says And al Qur'an Immahun lil that the Quran it would be a proof for an individual, either if he establishes that and which is obligatory upon him to establish. If he establishes that which is obligatory upon him to establish, Wamahu Minhu, and that which is required from him, from the Quran, that which is required from him as comes in the guidance of the Quran, being in the Quran and the Sunnah. So that which comes upon us as obligations, then we're required to live in accordance to it, right? So Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in the Quran He tells us to lower our gaze. So when it comes to issues of looking, then we have to implement the the command and lower our gaze. Nam, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala in the Quran He uh, 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 he commands us to establish the prayer, right? So when it comes to the prayer, then we do what we have to establish it, and that is living in accordance to the Quran. But if we establish it, then it becomes a proof for us because we heard the command and we implemented the command, so it becomes a proof for us. But if we don't establish it after having known, after having read these clear verses, after having memorized these clear verses, and we don't establish the prayer. Now it's what it's a proof against us because we can't come down and play ignorant. We can't pull that card and say, I didn't know. What do you mean you didn't know? You memorized it. What do you mean you it know? You read it. What you're talking about you ain't know, you heard it. You heard it being recited unto you. You came to the salah, you heard it, you heard it being recited. You came in the khutbah, you heard it, you heard yani, the, the ayat recited inside of the khutbah. You came to the class, you heard it recited upon you in the class. What do you mean you it know? And establish the prayer. It's upon you now. Them. And it is incumbent that we live our lives based upon This is that we strive our best to implement that, the guidance of the Qur'an. We strive our best to implement it. And this is one of the biggest differences between us and between the Salaf, is that they will read the Qur'an for guidance. Right? They'll read the Qur'an for guidance. They wouldn't read the Qur'an just to, Yani finish a surah. Right? Uh, like on Fridays, it's from the sunnah to read Surah Al-Kahf right you find some individuals they read it like it's a chore like it's like it's a task that has to be uh, completed has to be finished so their main purpose and goal in reading it is to finish it you understand their main purpose and goal in reading it is to finish it so they can say okay check got that off the checklist that's off the to-do list for for this Friday I did that no the sell they were different they didn't read it from this standpoint but they read it for guidance Looking for guidance, what to implement, pondering, reflecting, what will benefit them, what will enhance them, what will make them better Muslims, what will strengthen their Iman. They read the Quran for guidance. I'm right? looking for the guidance so that they can live by it. And this is uh, what we should be doing if we want to truly benefit. If we do this, then uh, the Quran will be a proof for us. Also, what means that the Quran is a proof for us, yani, uh, the Shaykh he says, Women And that we believe in that which comes therein and we believe in that which comes therein, that's a proof for us نعم. And this is very important because you have unfortunately individuals now Who they challenge clear ayat of the Qur'an Right? We have individuals who challenge clear ayat of the Qur'an For example, wa majuj all right? I jewels with my jewels. But you have individuals who challenge this who say this doesn't make sense. I don't see how a wall can, can can be built and stand for that long period of time. Because of my knowledge of engineering and this and this, that and that, I don't see how this is possible. Allah Mustaha. It requires for such a, a low a low brow such a feeble minded individual to understand it before it becomes real. No, what are you talking about? Allah Ta'ala said that's what it is That's what it is, period Whether you understand it or not Your understanding it is not a condition Your understanding it is not a prerequisite Your understanding it doesn't mean anything Now If Allah Ta'ala tells us that's the way it is That's the way it is, it. Allah Ta'ala tells us how he created the heavens and the earth Allah Ta'ala tells us what is the, how human beings were created The origin of human beings So what is the origin of human beings? What Allah said it was. Period. You didn't understand it? You think Darwin came upon something when he visited the the Galapagos Islands and so on and so forth? What does that have to do with reality? Forget what Darwin said. It's what Allah Ta'ala said. Period. Anything that contradicts what Allah Ta'ala said, you throw it out the window. It's not open for debate. Maybe. Maybe what? What are you talking about? Have to believe in what comes therein. But you have Muslims. Unfortunately, they go to the schools of the kuffar, and now they think they become more intelligent, right? Than all of the Muslims that have ever come before. them. That now they can challenge the Quran. Well, I don't understand this, brother. Okay, what you got to understand it for? It's not a prerequisite. So, man, I'm we apply now. We're here. We obey. Of course, you're not going to understand everything. You know why? Because you're not that smart. It's very simple. You understand? That's like, a, that's, like, that's, like, that's like one of our toddlers coming to us and saying, I don't understand these, 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 uh, these, these algebra, for example. I don't understand algebra. It don't make sense to me. Therefore, it's not real. No, you just don't understand it yet because you don't know arithmetic. You, you, know, you don't have enough knowledge to understand it. So, of course, these things are complex. Of course, we're not going to understand the intricacies of these things. These things are beyond our comprehension. Right? These things are beyond our comprehension. But if Allah Ta'ala said this is, this is how it is, it's how it is And not everybody's on the same level of intelligence Some people understand and some people don't The Sahaba, they understood Because they were more intelligent than us They were smarter than us They had more knowledge than us They understood We don't understand because we're more ignorant We are dumber Yeah, with your smartphone in your pocket You're still dumber One of the fools, he said That the Khalif is more intelligent Because we got Google And we can Google and find something, yeah. Subhanallah, you serious? Even with Google in your pocket, you're still stupid if you're saying stuff like this. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be facetious, but this is reality. Anybody say something like that, you're stupid, really. There ain't no Google gonna help you do nothing because you, you're dumb to even put together that thought and think that it makes sense enough that you would actually repeat it and say it out loud. Allah Musta'an, you know, yeah, a sukkut. It's yeah, the Silence is a screen for the one who's confused. As old folks say, sometimes you don't know how stupid a person is until they open their mouth. Like, man, I thought she was smart until so you said that. You know, what was that? Even, we, even we, what they say, uh-huh. even what they say is still the mother of, of the salaf, because there is this, uh, they say asna mm. Hey. Also, whoever got the, the knowledge and that is not aslam is not true <laughs> hey, nah. yeah, yeah. You can't be Islam without being a'lam You can't be more, I mean, what do you say? You can't be more, uh, have more, more devout without being more knowledgeable you yes. Allah ta'ala says, min That verily really those who truly fear Allah from his slaves are the Ulema. Why? Because of their ilm That's why they're the best slaves That's why they're the, they're the most fearing, they're the most piety Because they have the most knowledge Right, So, to be more devout without being more knowledgeable, it mm No. Mm-mm. Doesn't work. Nah, doesn't work. So, even like you said, now, nah, even their arguments actually is a proof against them. But that's that's the nature of people who are not in, as intelligent as they deem themselves as being. They say things thinking it's for them, not realizing that they really have established a proof against themselves. So, we have to believe that which comes inside of the Quran. And we have to act upon it Damn. we can't we can't turn a blind eye to it if we didn't see it but we have to act in accordance to it and we have to stay away from the prohibitions and we have to recite it the way it should be recited and also this means what we have to follow it the way it's supposed to be followed Damn. we have to follow it the way it's supposed to be followed if we do this then the Quran will be approved for us. وَأَمَّا حُجَّةٌ عَلَيْكَ And in the case or scenario where it is a proof against you either, أَعْرَضَ عَنْهُ If you turn away from it If you turn your back on the Qur'an Then it's a proof against you نعم وَلَمْ بِمَا هُوَ And if you do not establish in that which is required for you to establish Then there's going to be a proof against you now and we see this how individuals when they apply and they live in accordance to the book of allah they memorize it they learn it they contemplate they learn its meaning yeah I mean, they implement it so on and so forth right they become knowledgeable in the book of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they live it and they implement it inside of their lives so on and so forth then you have another individual who they don't do this they don't they don't learn it they don't they don't study they don't ponder and reflect on it they don't live in accordance to it and uh they turn their backs upon it then you see that the alim he is raised due to his knowledge of the, of, of the book of Allah, right? Uh, and and the, the one who is jahil, he is put down. And thus the, the shaykh he mentions, he says, uh, يعني, uh, وَمِثْلُ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ قَوْلُهُ صَلَى الله عليه وسلم, And what is similar to this hadith is, is the statement of the Prophet ﷺ and the hadith that is collected by a Muslim الصحيحي, inside of his collection of authentic hadith where, Allah, where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said إِنَّ bihi That Allah raises with this Qur'an certain people And with the Qur'an He puts down other people Allah Ta'ala He raises certain people with the Qur'an And other people are made to be debased by the Qur'an Why? Because they turned away from it They didn't learn it they didn't contemplate upon it, they didn't implement it, so on and so forth. Now, so it is incumbent upon us that we live in accordance to the guidance of the Qur'an. And this is a challenge to myself, first and foremost. It's a challenge to myself, yeah, any before before anybody else, okay? Is that we have to strive to live in accordance with what we have learned. We have to strive to live in accordance to what we know, Okay? You have a lot of people that go and they try to learn new stuff. And learning new things is good. It's good. It's good to learn. It's good to increase in knowledge. However, we have to always strive to learn so, for the, you know, so that we may implement. Not learn just for the sake of learning. You know, just FYI, we learned it just so we can know about it. No, but we learn it so we can live in accordance to it. Because there is a correlation between knowledge and implementing knowledge. For those who are truly concerned about gaining knowledge and attaining knowledge and maintaining knowledge, then you'll find that these are the ones who, they implement the knowledge the most and the best. I'll give you an example. For the one who wants to memorize the Qur'an, for example, right? You will find that this is the individual who he studies the Qur'an in the daytime, And that Quran that he is studying or she is studying, they use it inside of their prayers. They recite it in their prayers, right? Their prayers in the daytime, their obligatory prayers. They recite it in the voluntary prayers in the daytime. And what? They're going to be up at nighttime reciting it in the night prayer. The person who does that, what's going to be the strength of of their memorization? It's going to be strong because they're constantly using it, right? They're constantly using it. Um, as opposed to the individual who studies it, but then he doesn't use it in his prayers, he doesn't stand up at night reciting, he doesn't do any review, so on and so forth, his memory is going to be weak he'll memorize it maybe now in his short term memory and he can he can get by for the class. but if you ask him about that same portion next week or the week after or the next month it's as if he never learned it he don't know it why because he he, he didn't use it right so Using the knowledge living by the knowledge is a way to strengthen the knowledge and for the knowledge to stay and for this it has been narrated Ruya al-Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu anhu bil ajaba wa illa that he said what means that um the knowledge called out to the action knowledge it called out to the action if the action answered it if the action answered meaning if a person applied what they learned, then it will stay this is what's understood from the expression then it will stay and if not then it will leave, it will depart حتى فعين ajaba wa illa if he answers it, it is state, and this is from what? Lisan al had So we understand from what was implied due to the statement And the Lisan al muqal what? And if not, it's going to go, he made that clear If you know, if the, if, you, if your actions, if you're not living by what you know It's going to leave you, it's going to disappear, you're going to forget it And the ulama they say, what's meant by this is that fa' lam yajib al that if we don't live in accordance in a nutshell if we don't live in accordance to what we learn, then we are go, it's going it's gonna leave us, meaning we're gonna forget it. We're gonna forget it. Those 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 chapters that you offer recite you know them well. Right? Surah al-Fatiha. Why is that the strongest surah that you know? Because that's the most you recite that's what you recite the most right so if you want to reach the same level of the Quran the rest of the Quran then what you got to recite it as much and as often as you recite Surah Al Fatiha it's possible but you got to put the work in that's for those who are shooting for something better they're shooting for their akhirah. they're shooting for Jannah they're shooting for the high level in Jannah now, these are those who are looking beyond this life because they understand what is real. And we have to we have to strive to to learn as the Prophet وسلم, he told us, which is yani, tremendously scary, to know something and to not live in accordance to it. The Prophet وسلم, he said, uh, that the simil- that dissimilitude of the scholar who teaches people. They teach the people good But they forget themselves They teach the people good They encourage people to do good But they don't do good themselves They forget They encourage others Pray Pray pray, your voluntary prayers But they don't pray their own voluntary prayers Right Uh, Fear Allah Lower your gaze But they don't fear Allah They don't lower their gaze Right Eat, 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 eat halal. Don't eat haram. But they eat haram. They don't worry about just eating halal. So on and so forth, right? A person doesn't live in accordance to their knowledge. The Prophet ﷺ, he said that this individual, yani, then they're like a lantern. They're like a lantern. And here, what is meant a lantern is a lantern, yani like a kerosene lantern, right? Or something that has a wick. Something that has a wick. Like a candle, lantern, something that has a, a candle, right? Uh, something that has a. Um, like a lantern, right? So it's like a candle. Okay? And then like the candle, the wick in the candle, what happens to it? It burns out. So the Prophet said to me, He said, what? It gives light to the people while burning and destroying itself. This is the similitude of the person who doesn't live in accordance to what they know. They give light to the people, always telling the people something good, giving light to them while destroying themselves. Right? While destroying themselves. It's scary. And this hadith, Yanni, is Sahih Sahahahu al-Albani, تعالى. Ta'ala. And last on this point, As Muslims, yani Muslims always, you know, have criticism of the of the Jews, right? Always got criticism of the Jews, right? Jew this, Jew that. So why would we want to act like them and be like them? <laughs> right? You criticize them and then we do the same thing they did. Subhanallah, we have the Quran amongst us. We have the Quran. We don't live by it. We don't establish it. Subhanallah We don't establish it in ourselves We don't establish it in our families And then we're going to talk around And hey, then we're going to turn around And criticize the Jew Subhanallah You know what I mean Really It's like yeah, It doesn't make sense How does Allah Ta'ala describe the Jew Allah Ta'ala says The similitude of those Who were given the Torah The similitude Of those who were given The Torah and then they didn't establish it they didn't live in accordance to it they didn't live by his guidance they didn't implement his guidance now what is their similar to Allah Ta'ala, he says it's like a donkey that carries books it's like a donkey that carries books right now I don't know you know in the West you know urban living in life I don't know if you ever seen a donkey yeah I mean but maybe Google the donkey see what a donkey look like you understand a donkey is not the most intelligent of creatures no really it's not in the village in, in, in Misr they would take the donkey and all you gotta do is put it against the wall with his head on the wall you don't even gotta chain it up and it'll just stand there wait till you get back because it's not, not that intelligent strong yeah but not that intelligent so when one reflects and really understands the similitude, this is a really bad thing. Like, you don't want to be compared to a donkey, not at all. You know, in fact, it's an insult. Somebody call you a donkey, people get mad. What you mean? You call me no donkey? You know what I mean? That's like that's not that's not a nice you know, that's, that's, that's not a nice comparison. You know what I mean? You don't want to be like a donkey. But those who were given the Torah, who were given the book, who were given, you know, Allah's revelation. Okay. To establish it, to live in accordance to it, to be a guidance for them, to judge you know, uh, uh, all your situations by the guidance that came therein and so on and so forth. But then they didn't do it, they didn't establish it. They had the guidance and they threw it behind their backs. They didn't live in accordance to it. When they had issues, when they, had, you know, they didn't go to see what is the answer from the Qur'an. They didn't seek it out to learn what is the answer from the Qur'an and how I tackle this issue. How, how, you know, how do I treat my parents? The Qur'an gives us guidance. How do I treat my children? The Qur'an gives us guidance. How do I treat the ruler? The Qur'an gives us guidance. How do I treat my brother, my sister? The Qur'an gives us guidance. How do, yani, you understand? How do I prepare for the akhirah? The Qur'an gives us guidance. How do I live my life here in this dunya? The Qur'an gives us guidance. The Qur'an gives us guidance for everything. But now my question is, when we have these issues that come up in life, how often do we refer to the Qur'an and look for the guidance so we can implement it? How often do we preemptively go to the Quran and look for the guidance so that we know what it is? So when the situation comes, we already know. Are we establishing it in ourselves, in our families, in our houses, in our communities? SubhanAllah. <laughs> he says that their similar tool is like that of a donkey. That carries books. Because you could put books on a donkey. But does a donkey understand what's in those books? Does a donkey benefit from those books? No. It's the similitude of individuals who are carrying it, but they don't benefit from it. Now, carrying it means that it, perhaps they memorize it, perhaps they can quote it. Now they can quote it, they memorize it, but they not living accordance to it. So they are like a donkey carrying a book. Yeah, you got it, but you don't understand it. You're not benefiting from it. It's like the same with a donkey. Don't benefit from the books on his back, right? Now with this, I want to. I, I, I want to even. Um, give you some food for thought how sad is it and I I really I want us to I want us to really contemplate and to reflect and to think about this how sad is it that there are many from the Muslims who are not familiar with the Quran they're not familiar with the Quran tell me this is not bad when how how often how often and it's sad it's so sad but how often do you have grown men been Muslim All their life Or the majority of their life Grown men That will say Well you know it's like it says in the Quran And then they paraphrase a hadith You know it's like it says in the Quran And they mention something that's Not even a hadith And this is an indication of what You're not even familiar with the Quran Individuals who you may tell them A name of a, of a surah and, they, and they're looking at you like Where's that at? That's in the Quran it's a sorta of with that name. Oh, subhanAllah, I didn't know that. SubhanAllah, so, what do you mean? You don't even know the names of the chapters? You're not familiar with the Quran? You can't even quote a verse? This is very bad. We should be ashamed of ourselves. We should be ashamed of ourselves. We got the guidance. How, how many of the Christians are come and tell you chapter and verse of, of, of something in their book? How many of the Christians will come and tell you chapter and verse or something that's inside their book? And then you got brothers coming to you saying, you know, like Allah says in the Quran, he mentioned the hadith. And you got to tell them that's a hadith, brother. So now, how many times you know told people that this is in the Quran, uh, what you just said? Allah must right? Right? I'm, I'm telling you, Allah must stand. And the even worse. Yeah, I mean, uh, 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 even worse examples. But I'm shy to say it because you might not even believe me. The even worse examples. People you tell you oh, Allah says in no the Quran, so and so so so. But those of us who come from a background uh, realize that's not in the Quran. An individual be quoting the previous scripture talking about this in the Quran. What are you talking That's not in the Quran. Or, yeah, you know, quoting something that's in a book that was claimed to, you know, you know what I mean? Allah, Alam, is it? Uh, was it revealed or was something they added? Allah, Alam. But they quote to you something, they say, oh, it's in the Quran. And you're like, mm, no. it I, I says Psalms, but it's not in the Quran, alongside. You know, it's sad. But if this is our level, how do we expect to be successful? Like, really, do we think the Quran classes are just for the children? Children come, they learn the Quran, that's it? Do we think so? I mean, yeah, Allah Musta yeah. I mean it's not just for the children, but a lot of individuals, that's their mentality. They bring the kids there, kids learn Quran. and then the parent can't even help the child with the Quran, can't even help. Brother, can I skype you so you can go over the parent with my kid? What you mean? You do you go over the parent with your own kids. Yeah. You can't? Why? But then you tell me you was born and raised Muslim, you yani, subhanallah, you went you want habana from yani, you, yeah? You, you was in the, you, uh, the, the Sunday school or the Qur'an school, whatever, the, you know, weekend school. And you can't help your own child? Your child within a few months could, could, could get to a level that you can't help them with their homework no more? How are we going to be successful with people like this? Now I'm just being honest with you. How, as communities, how are we going to be successful with people like this? If these people on your team, how are you going to be successful? That's like trying to play basketball with a bunch of people. None of them know how to dribble. They don't know how to shoot. They can't run up and down the court to save their life. How, you going to pick them on your team? And if they're on your team, you going to win? Allah musta'an. We have to strive to be better. Yeah, I mean, we have to strive to be better within ourselves. And that's not coming to the match with the big car. And you know what I mean? No. And you can write the big check. No. That's not how it's measured. Those things are good. Alhamdulillah, don't get me wrong. Alhamdulillah, I'm not telling you, you know, don't do that. No, that's fine. But what's more important than that is what is the substance. It's the substance. That's what's more important than that. Not, not, not what you dress it with. Because if you put lavish, lavish dressing, right, upon a dirty couch, the couch is still dirty. You can put the most beautiful cloth upon it. The most beautiful pattern the most beautiful decoration you can even perfume the cloth but if you put it upon a soiled couch the couch is still soiled so now what about what's was was inside what about what's inside what about our hearts right so I'm just saying if we want to be successful then we have to step it up and that starts by Returning back to the Quran and the Sunnah and the way of the Salaf of this Ummah, that is the only road to success. Period. I don't care who told you something different, they're not talking about. The only road to success is the Quran and the Sunnah upon the way of the Sahaba. That is it. Anything that is contrary to that is gonna to lead to nothing but destruction. Now that's the reality. the Prophet ﷺ, he goes on to say in his hadith, the last sentence of the hadith. And all of the people They go out As merchants of their own souls As merchants for their own souls And they will either Benefit it Or destroy it Okay every day Every day We go out as merchants of our own souls And we will either Benefit it or destroy it So it's an opportunity. And as we know, the hours in the day are limited. 24 hours in a day is limited, right? Um, So we have to be mindful of our time. We have to be mindful of how we spend our time. Every day when it leaves, we never get that opportunity again. It doesn't return to us. It's, It's over. Every day takes away from our life span. We get closer to death every single day. Every day you're closer to death. Okay. So a week from now, we will be 7 days closer to death for those of us who don't die during the week. We'll be 7 days closer to death. So with that being the case, how much time do you really got to wait? How much do you can you really afford to procrastinate Oh, I'll get to it. Oh, inshallah I'm a, I'm a, I'm am I'm going to get better. Inshallah I'm going to get right. Inshallah time I'm going to memorize this. Inshallah time I'm going to do start doing this. Inshallah time to start praying this. When? How you know? You gonna do it tomorrow? What if you die today? Then what? You gonna do it when you get older? What if what if you die as a young person? You're gonna do it after you make hajj? What if you die before getting the opportunity to make hajj? Don't take quote unquote givens for granted. I'll give you an example with the, the past year that we had with the, the whole COVID nineteen and still going through it, right? The COVID. How many people say, oh, I'm going to make umrah next year? Gosh, y'all, I'll make umrah next year. Yeah, I'm going to make umrah next year. And then now it came time, 2020, uh, COVID year. Did you make umrah? Nah, because you couldn't. Did you, did, 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 in 2019, you thought it was going to be like that? Hmm? 2018, you said, I'm going, I'm going to go a couple years. Did you think that when you was ready now, that the doors would be closed? You can't. You know, right? So you have to take advantage when you have the opportunity because it may not come again. You go to Umrah, you want to you play around the whole time and you want to shop and, you know, eat eat the, eat the, eat the food and, and things like that. Okay, alhamdulillah, that's all you're going to do? Oh, next Umrah, I'm going to go in. It may not be a next Umrah. You may not be able to come back. You might die. Then what? What happened? You know, spend all that money, went all the way over there, and you didn't really get it in praying. You didn't really get it in reciting Quran in the Haram. subhanallah hal. Every day we have an opportunity to benefit ourselves or to destroy ourselves. The Sheikh he says, "What is the meaning of this of this sentence?" He says, That the people they go they go forward and they go out, and they you know, quickly and you know they go out, all right? Uh, and they are of two types. That's the reality. It's, mean, two types. You got two options right now. Yeah. An individual who they will sell their souls. They will sell their souls to Allah. How? How you sell your soul to Allah? For there's like a lack of better translation, maybe a better way to articulate this. That's why I encourage everybody to learn Arabic, so you are got to depend upon <laughs> you know, shabby translations. Allah <laughs> Mustaad. Yeah. The Shaykh he says, by doing righteous good deeds, by doing obedience, by, by, by being obedient unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's how you, you know, that that's that's, that, that, that's the way you benefit yourself. ma'asi and staying away from sin and transgression huh and staying away from sin and transgression al-nar, so then you will benefit and emancipate it from the fire meaning that they free it they emancipate yani translated me they benefited by what by doing those things that won't make it eligible to go to the fire. So that's what is meant by they emancipated from what? From the fire. But and they remove their soul from the tricks of the shaytan or from the excuse me from the misguidance of the shaytan and from his tricks from his deceptions they remove their soul they distance their soul from 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 this Now, if so i want you to just reflect upon that are we distancing our soul from the tricks and the plots and the deceptions and the misguidance of of, of the shaytan or are we plunging headfirst into it all must the second group that's the first group. The first group that they benefit themselves, right? Uh, this is um, their description. Then the second group, the only other option, is a uh, قسم They destroy their soul, and this is the reality. Is that is either this or that. Either either you're going to be benefiting your, your, your soul or you're going to be destroying your soul, right? So as you go through the day, I want you to think about this. and I'm saying this to myself as a foremost. What I'm doing right now is benefiting my soul, or am I hurting my soul? I'm benefiting, or I'm, I'm, I'm or i destroying myself. Is it good for me, or is it bad for me? Right? This is the reality. What I'm doing right now is benefit for me, or is it bad for me? I want us, to inshallah we ask ourselves as we go through our day, our day to day, day in and day out. Is this something that is beneficial, or something that is bad for me? Something is, uh, am I, am I, am I, you know, profiting from this, or am I losing from this? How do, How do we lose? How do we lose? How do we destroy ourselves? By doing sin and transgression. And by yani, sin and transgression. Right? And that is by plunging our soul into forbidden desires. Forbidden desires. al those desires that are prohibited, this is how a person destroys themselves. When you start indulging in those vices, those, 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 those desires that are prohibited, this is يعني, a destruction, destroying ourselves. يعني, uh, those desires that will push a person to the fire, push a person to now being eligible to go to the fire. And this is how we destroy ourselves. This hadith is tremendous. The shaykh he brings 10 points of benefit um, that we learn and extract from this hadith. The first of these points of benefit is the shaykh he says, Bayan fadl uh, al is explaining, a clear explanation of the superiority of purity. And this is something that we should thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. This is our, this is our deen. You know the protocols for Corona Right, COVID-19, so on and so forth Wash the hands, you know So on and so forth, right Alhamdulillah, <laughs> the wudu Alhamdulillah, <laughs> the wudu Constantly being upon wudu The Prophet ﷺ, he mu'min, That none will yani, Preserve their wudu Except for a believer This is a characteristic of a true believer That they constantly, try to stay in a, they constantly try to stay In a state of wudu it make mubu. Right? But by implementing this, this is benefiting us. You make mubu. It benefits us as relates to our deen and what? And our dunya. And our dunya. So for example, if, if there were any type of COVID, yani, uh, you know, upon the hand, virus upon the hand, so on and so forth, then you and you make mubu. You get rid of it, inshallah. nah So it's a benefit. It's a benefit and then how many other things we yani, benefit from by keeping uh, these portions of our body clean um tasbih and a clear explanation of the superiority of saying alhamdulillah and saying subhanallah now that's another thing we should think about we should ask ourselves in the past week how many times did i say subhanallah how many times did i say alhamdulillah now when you when you when you when you when you when you find yourself in those moments where, uh, idle moments, I guess for lack of a better term, what comes to your mind? What do you start saying? You start, you start making dhikr? You start saying, subhanallah, alhamdulillah. Or you start singing a song. You start rapping something, singing something, chanting something. It's sad, but it is, these are real questions because people do it. Muslims. Muslims. Rapping and singing. Subhanallah. sad, it's very sad. It's very sad. There was one Muslim brother to show you to the extent that I'm not just making stuff up at kind him. Of. Like we don't we don't have tablighi stories, we don't do that. It was a very sad situation. One of the brothers in Egypt, Egyptian brother. He was uh you know had internet cafes, right? Internet cafes. Um he ran an internet cafe. He knew all of the lyrics. To this Kaffer Man song. I don't want to say what a Kaffer dude is because he does not deserve any publicity. Right? But he knew all the lyrics in English to Kaffer Man's song. He'll walk around the, um, the 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 internet cafe rapping these lyrics. It was horrible. Of course, a lot of the patrons didn't understand what he was saying because he was rapping them in English. Right? Um, and you know it, it was very annoying and very sad. So we advised the brother, hey, Fear Allah, what you doing, man. Do you even know what you're saying? And he said, No, I don't, I don't know English. But that's how much he listened to it. Allah musta'an. The Mashaykh, they, they 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 speak of individuals who they got into a very bad car crash. when the Mashaykh he mentioned he said, what they got into a very bad car crash. And they went to land on the Muslims. Got into a very bad car crash. And from the Those who had stopped on the scene, it was clear this brother's dying, his brother's dying. They were calling emergency services to come, but he had the indication, based upon the scene, he's dying. So they were encouraging him to say, La ilaha illallah. But while he was driving, they were listening to a kafir. I'm not going to give him publicity and say who he was, but listen to a kafir singer. And the only thing he kept saying was he kept he kept singing the lyrics to the kafir Man song. And that's how he died. That's how he died. He was unable to say, La Ilaha illallah, because he kept singing kafir Man song. So it's sad, but this is the reality. But when you start thinking about things like this, when you have those idle moments, what comes to your mind? A lyric to a song or to say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, to say, La Ilaha illallah. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. That's one of the things I do miss yani, about, about uh, the brothers in Egypt, especially the older brothers. Seems that at a the time they just blurt out thicker, you know, not intentionally, just, you know, La ilaha That was their go to. Subhanallah. That was their go to. La ilah. People stop talking, ain't no conversation, and you'll hear. La ilaha I learned a lot from that. That is how you find a maseeh. Sheikh Albani was like this. Sheikh Bin Baz. The Mashaykh they like this. When people was talking with them, when the people was talking, and it wasn't time for them to talk, they were making dick Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah. La ilaha illallah. Allah Akbar. Look at us. Allah astan. The third thing, of benefit, is that yani al-mizan, well, the amal, is that it confirms. That there is a scale, there will be a scale on a day of judgment, and that actions will be weighed. This hadith is a proof for that. That actions will be weighed. Also, the fourth point of benefit, صلاة, the superiority of the prayer. والآخرة, and that the prayer is light in this world and in the next. The prayer is light in this world and in the next. The fifth point of benefit is is the superiority of giving charity and that verily صَدَقَ is a proof and an evidence and a sign for the iman of his companion for the, yani the person who is charitable and gives charity then this is a sign of their iman نعم, this is a sign of their iman and the superiority of صَبَر وَأَنَّهُ ضِيَّاءَ and that verily Uh, Sabr is an illumination for the patient. Sabr is an illumination, the superiority of being patient and that sabr is an illumination for those who are patient. Seventh, al-hathwa ala inayah al quran is an encouragement to have a concern for the Qur'an. Ta'alluman What's a That we have a concern for the Quran to learn it, to reflect over it, and to act in accordance to it. Why? Will it be lil insan? So that it can be a proof and evidence for an individual. So it can be a proof and evidence for an individual. Eighthly, but and that, eighthly, is a warning to, um, what would you say? It's a, it's, it, it is a warning from not establishing that which is obligatory to be established as relates to the Qur'an from leaving off and abandoning and not establishing that which is obligatory it be established as relates to the Qur'an so that the Qur'an does not become a proof against us now so it doesn't become a proof against us and just a quick side note I don't want you to believe that just because you don't know then now you are absolved and you have an excuse because you have individuals that will say will tell you this. They'll say, Well, whoa, 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 stop, stop, don't tell me, don't tell me. I don't want to know, so it's not upon me. No, man, you think it's not upon you? You had it the mere fact you had an opportunity, it's it, it's already upon you. You had the opportunity to learn, you didn't learn. What you mean? Don't tell me, because then it's gonna be upon me. No, it's already upon you. Because you had an opportunity now to learn. So don't don't think just because you don't know, then no. If you had the opportunity to know and you didn't know, you had the opportunity to ask, you didn't ask. You had the opportunity to, because you knew exactly where the answer could be found, and you didn't go look for the answer, then you're you at fault. You're at fault still. Ninth, ninthly, is an encouragement for every individual to do, to do righteous good deeds. Because by way of that, an individual he would emancipate himself from the debasement of the dunya and from the punishment of the akhirah. That's how we benefit ourselves. That's how we emancipate ourselves for life, for better, I mean, a better term. So we understand what's meant by that term, really, I should say, emancipate ourselves, that we benefit ourselves. When we do what's right, then we escape being lonely in the dunya And we escape the punishment in the akhirah A very clear example The person who stays away from illegal sexual intercourse Right They won't run the, they won't run the risk Of you know, uh, Damaging their reputation Right Because it's from the, the lowliness of the world They won't ruin their marriage They won't catch a tra- sexually transmitted disease Right So on and so forth They benefit they escape from the the lowliness of this world, and they escape from what? From the punishment in the hereafter, because they was a fornicator. They escape from the punishment, waiting for them in the hereafter, because they were fornicators. So when we do what is correct, we emancipate ourselves from the lowliness of this world and from the punishment of the hereafter. And then tenth, and lastly, taḥdīr min kulli amil is a warning from every evil action that will make its companion من, uh, الشيطان, that will make its companion from the friends of shaytan and that will uh, ultimately bring their companion to the fire or push their companion or bring their companion yani, to the fire or result in the individuals upon these sins and transgressions those who are companions of shaytan will be necessary for them the, uh, the fire and the fire and then the sheikh goes on again into the next hadith the twenty fourth hadith um but bithni ta'ala we will save that until the next class for that for that and then the activity we have a photo so it's a matter muhammad wa ala was a happy as many wow jizakum